Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Merles Fuchs. Merles, uh, we're getting a little bit of a late start this week. It's been it's been it's been a dogged week, if if you will. It's been it's been a dogged weekend for me, if you will. How how are you holding up? I'm doing good. I'm a couple days away from freedom. I'm going on a little trip next week, so looking forward to uh, getting out of here, catching some rays and and uh, and whatnot, whatever whatever else is in the agenda. Just just getting away. Just getting away. Don't you just love when you can fly away like Lenny Kravitz? Um, <laughs> not yeah, like man. Lenny Kravitz because Lenny Kravitz stinks, but something close. Does to Lenny that. Kravitz stink? Dude, Lenny Kravitz sucks. For real. Yeah, I was like, his cover of American Woman is so bad. It's so, iconic, though, isn't it? Yeah, if you if you're like really into the soundtrack for Austin Powers, the Spy Who oh, Shanked Me. Yeah, I am. The Austin Powers franchise does not get nearly enough credit. It's um, respect. It's up there with the Before Trilogy, um, which is uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. Miles, I know you're a big fan of love and feeling emotional and also heartbreak. And also heartbreak. And uh, And also heartbreak. I swear to God, man, I need you to watch the Before Trilogy and then you come back to me and we chat about just how much it fucked you up. Um. No, I don't want to do that. Just plain and, and then, simple. And then, and, then you that, can, and then you can follow it up with Austin Powers with a little AP action. Cause I just, I'll just skip it and go straight to the AP. Dude, Felicity Shagwell, is she all-time? Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame for sure. I mean, Which is, which is funny because we are going to be talking about Mount Rushmore. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some Hall of Fame you, characters you down keep the line. It, you keep it on the track. Dude, I I do. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a conductor. What can I say? I'm gonna get one of those hats. Chew start drinking chew. IPAs. Let everybody know that I'm a really cool guy. Yeah, you are. You are a cool guy. You don't. You need to not undersell yourself sometimes, Miles. No, but I like with the conductor hat and like, like a guy who drinks IPAs and like goes to trivia nights and is like, ha! when people say the wrong answer, like that. That's it. That's the type oh. of fucking guy who walks around in a train conductor hat. <laughs> I think I I know that this is the second time I've mentioned Family Guy in the last like two minutes. We did it. We did it actually off off, off mic. But uh, do you know that 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 bit in Family Guy where Carter and Peter try to go to rob the train and the guy's like the guy's like I have this a uh, hole puncher. Uh, you know they kind of take it out of my pay. Uh, yeah. and then and they're like, yeah, nobody rides the train anymore. Oh, that can't take that from me in good conscience. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's yeah, fine. It's no problem. <laughs> Dude, Family Guy is so good. Family Guy is so good. We were segue huh, when we were in Phoenix. Um, we were quoting Family Guy so much, and one of the Ubers on the way to the to wherever we were going, they were like, "If you ever feel yourself wanting to quote Family Guy, just meow instead, because no one wants to hear it." So we're sitting in silence, and I'm like, "Meow," and then about <laughs> about four minutes later, another guy's like now <laughs> so it just goes to show that the uh average white millennial male is just consistently thinking of family guy and, and merle's just and merle's just sitting there going hello darkness my old friend <laughs> staring out the window watching the cacti drive by um uh, speaking of watching the cacti drive by two games against the yotes nolan and oh, two oh, games oh. against the knights 
So that's a couple of cactus places. Would you mind if I gave a little run through of what we're going to be talking about this episode? We have so much shit to get through. So absolutely. We, we do. This is this is what the kids call a thick bitch. We're going to be talking about the game against the Sharks, the games against the Yotes, the games against the Knights. And that's going to be it because there's a couple of them in there. After we get through that, we are going to, I'm just looking at some of the names I came up with for the games, and I think they're really funny. Uh, after we do that, we're going to move into a host of NHL shit. No oiler shit, because there's lots of games to go over. So a host of NHL shit. And then, Nolan, we are going to finish things off with a little bit of a different Rockstar of the Week. A little bit of a change to the Rockstar of the Week formatting. Um, and, and talk about a, a question that we posed on Instagram. Um, on our Instagram page, follow us on Instagram if you're not already, and um, and and discuss some of the responses we got there. So, with the housekeeping out of the way, uh, I should let you cook, Nolan. Do you want to take the first game? Yes, because we're gonna let Jeremy Koopel cook, which is a six-five, a little too close for comfort uh, overtime win against the uh, stinky San Jose Sharks on March twentieth. Fresh off of his religious freedom experience, uh, James Reimer got uh, got the start versus the Oilers and, and looked to channel the Holy Spirit to get the uh, to try and get the Sharks a win. Uh, it looked like it was going to be one of those nights when Thomas Hurdle beat Jack Campbell one fourteen in the game, but luckily for the Superboy, the goal was called back due to a missed offside call. Still zero zero. Thank goodness. By the way, we were recording when the beginning of this game was going on. It was not very fun. Uh, it's like for- it's only fun when Miles and I are recording, not when Oilers games are involved. Then, then it's sad. Um, four minutes later, the Oilers, or sorry, the, the Sharks scored a clean goal as Alexander Barabanov beat Jack Campbell to make it a one nothing to make it one nothing Sharks. Moments later, however, the Bugie Boy. Should we start calling him the Bugie Man? The the Bugie Man. He. Yeah. I like alliteration, but if you okay. what, as long as he's Bugie. Yes, okay, Boogie Boy works. Uh, would score his third as an Oiler from Yanmark and Fog Daddy to knock things up at one. Then it looked like the Oilers were going to be up 2-1, but a certain children's author goal was called back after Mr. After Mr. He's a children's author, Zachary Martin Hyman, smackied the homophobe. <laughs> Still 1-1. <one, one. laughs> The Oilers that officially made it 2 1 30 seconds into the second period as angry Billick noises intensify. Yamamoto cross scores his 10th from Nugent McDavid. Good stuff for the little Yamaroni. <laughs> Looked like the Sharks tied uh, uh, tied things up at 2 2, but Buddy interfered with Campbell big time and that sucker got called back. Yeah, Miles just, uh, you know, throwing the specifics in there. Yeah, the Oilers know, but, had. But buddy, buddy got a little too close yeah. for comfort there, yeah. so he just had the slider back. Yeah, 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 buddy needs to chill out a little bit. Uh, the Oilers have a breakdown in coverage, and Steven Lorenz uh, puts his own rebound past Campbell to make it 2 2. Sharks would eventually get the 3 2 lead as Eric Carlson, the should be Oiler, gets his 21st of the year. Smells like a Norris to me. 21 fucking goals in the year. That's insane. 21. Can you do something for me? Yes, we're sipping for Carlson, but what about the other Swede? Our, our crown BB Viking on his longships landing on the shores of Northumbria to loot the Christians and take their wealth. Matthias Eckholm scores from Bush and Dry to tie things up at three. These Swedes are unstoppable, though. Like these dudes just run off Ikea meatballs and salty fish and score crazy D-men points. That's all Sweden does is export top-pairing D-men. I miss you, Clef. We'll get to him. Eric Carlson gets his second of the game before the end of the frame to make it 4-3 Sharks. 
third period underway, and good God almighty, can we please beat the fucking Sharks? Please. Well, look no further as our longship captain was back at it again. The BB Viking blew his war horn and blasted a missile over James Rivers' outstretched pride flag <laughs> to make it 4-4 with less than four minutes to go. It looked as though the Oilers were going to blue this one as two Sharks came over the blue line and scored a nice little passing play goal, but the goal, but the call was reversed due to an offside. Jeremy Kupal, we love you dearly. Thank you, our Lord and Savior. And not James Rivers, Unless Lord you're James Rivers, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless you're you James Rivers. Okay, there you go. Uh, in, in overtime, in a game the Oilers should have absolutely lost, the $9.25 million D-man Darnell Norris Nurse gets a nuge pass with 15 seconds left and absolutely buries it. 5-4 final. Let's go Oilers. Jack Campbell finished this one with 28 saves on 32 shots, good for a .875 save percentage, and owes JC the largest, most expensive cut of meat he can find at a nice Edmonton restaurant. James Reimer, yes, queen, absolutely slayed with a 48 save performance on 52 shots. His his pride was on full display as he made it to the other side of the rainbow with a 923 save percentage. Oilers won 61% of the draws and went 0 for 3 on the power play, but Sharks went 0 for 2 on theirs, so whatever, and outshot the Sharks 53 to 32. Eckholm took home first star. Um, talk about making yourself uh, talk about making yourself comfortable as uh, as an Edmonton Oiler, Matthias Eckholm. What a monster in this game! And the Oilers just feasted off of him. That that top Chad Missy that he had from the lower circle is one of the most disrespectful shots. I think I've ever seen anybody take and like you don't wind up for a clap from there. And he (laughs) elevated that he had that on rockets. Yeah. He, he he looked at James Reimer and he said, I'm going to put this above top shelf, top, top shelf in the attic (laughs) where grandpa keeps the flashlight. I know pastor Dave loves that one. So I figured we'd bring it back for him. Do you know what else we love, Nolan? Uh, we we uh, we we love CCM. We do love CCM, and specifically, we love the durability. So this game is called the CCM Durability Challenge. Four three overtime win versus Arizona on March twenty second. Okay, so the Sharks served you up a juicy one the night before. Now you get the Yotes, and you should absolutely have this one, right? Right. Connor McDavid gets his 59th of the year, literally banking the puck in off of good Sasky boy, Connor Ingram, uh, back of the head into the net. This power play marker from Hyman and Nuge would make it a one nothing game. J.J. Moser, the Mose man. Dwight Schrute's nephew, Mose, the beat boy, scores his own power play goal to make it 1-1 at the end of the first. J.J. Moser, never heard of him. Love the last name. Infatuated with the last name. Clayton Keller, who might have the worst haircut in the NHL. Seriously, if you haven't seen his flow, it's it's worth checking out because he looks like, uh, oh, what does he look like? He looks like, um, you know, when people are in hair school and they oh. have like the really bad haircuts that are just super generic that you uh, are like completely overgrown that you can cut and make into something. That's um, what Clayton Keller looks like. Miles, you, you, you do remember that uh, Pat did teach hairdressing school for like 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking I know, about. I know exactly what you mean. It's yeah. a it's a tough look. It's basically what like the head only mannequin is. Yes, and that's exactly like Clay, like yeah. Goog, take this time to Google Clayton Keller's haircut because someone needs to someone needs to give that a little bit of Some, a trim. Someone give it a needs little to body. Google. Someone needs to Google it, and then Clayton Keller needs to have a you googly for his bad haircut. 
because he's got potential there. He's got a great head of lettuce, but right now it's just, it's just overgrown. That garden's overgrown. Also cute. Um, he's going to be the next generation of uh of the Ryan Nugent Hopkins Award for being a uh being a thirty five year old man that looks like he's twenty two. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's going to be the next you know Ryan American Nugent superstar because he's having a great season. Yeah, he's he's been really sick. I really? I really I wanted the Oilers to trade for him when his value is at an all time low. It would have been so nice to get him for like a fourth. <laughs> all time low, also an emo band from the mid two thousands. Clayton Keller, who might have the worst haircut in the NHL, scores his thirty third goal of the year, literally on his ass to make it two one Yotes. And boy howdy, let me tell you, this is looking like an early season Oilers game where they're getting outplayed by a much worse team and are clearly going to lose. At this point, I am a nervous boy. Who else could restore our faith but the Nuge? Speaking of the Nuge, babyface assassin, he gets his 32nd of the year on the power play, a goal that had the arena staff not sure if they should put the spotlights on or not, but it's okay. It's Nuge. It's 2-2, and it's Lightning Leon with the assist. Let's go. Clayton Keller gets really defensive about his hair and scores a second of the game midway through the th- third period and uh, gave the Oilers a 3-2 lead. And he also pointed in the crowd and he said, stop making fun of my haircut. But uh, speaking of baby faces, Ryan Nugent Hopkins responds in a big way, scoring his second of the night just three minutes later to bring the Oilers back even. Dry and Nurse get the assists on this one. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to OT we go, where the Oilers get a gift from God himself as Leon springs McDavid onto a breakaway, where Ingram makes a huge save on a crazy McDavid dangle. Connor, out of frustration, would give his stick the business against the boards, not once, but twice. Surprisingly, the stick didn't break, which is extremely fortunate, because in that time uh, between him getting stopped, having a fissy fit, hissy fit and turning around the puck found its way off the wall to a wide open McDavid who makes the same move on Ingram before finishing to score his 60th of the season who else but Leon would get the assist shout out to Connor on 60 suck it Matthews Oilers win Stu stopped 14 of 17 shots he was not very busy for a 0.824 save percentage while his counterpart Connor Ingram stopped 27 of 31 which is massive after his last game against the Oilers saw him exposed for like seven so good for the kid the pride of Imperial Sask and a product of the PA Mintos Hockey Club we like to see him doing well Oilers outshot the Yotes 31 to 17, won 60% of the draws and went two for four on the power play and one for two on the penalty kill. Nuge took home the first star with a valiant two goal effort in 23 minutes of ice time. Wins a win. So Miles, you know that I hate NHL star times, correct? Um, yes. Yeah. So this, this game, one was atrocious. So there were two games on the docket for, uh, to this evening's festivities and it was Colorado versus Pittsburgh and it was Edmonton versus Arizona and it was a TNT doubleheader and they decided that they wanted both games to be on TNT and they didn't want any overlap so the Colorado game was in Colorado and it did not start until 8 p.m. The NHL puts a, a or puts on their schedule that the Oilers versus Arizona starts at 10:30 p.m. Eastern time. Miles, this game did not start until probably 10:54 Eastern time. And Connor McDavid did not score his 60th goal until like 1:15 in the morning. Yeah, that's why in his interview he was like 
they were asking like, oh, do you think your family's going to be texting you? And he's like, oh, they're probably all asleep. I mean, on one on one side of the coin, I'm kind of like, you know what? Just continue to do this because the less the less eyes that we have on the less eyes that we have on our con con makes him more special to us. Um, but if you are Gary Bettman and you're Bill Daly, and all you do is talk about opening up the game and marketing the game and trying to put your stars front and center, uh, this is a very terrible way of doing it because. Like most of your most of your um of of your viewing population is going to be in the East Coast. So if you really want to get your viewers in the East Coast, why are we still having this issue where the Oilers, instead of getting Hockey Night in Canada games like they should be, they're constantly playing matinees. Uh, instead of playing, I, I don't know, like a like a like a good Wednesday night hockey game against like the Rangers or something like that, they're instead fucking degraded to uh playing the freaking uh i don't know who who's a who's a bad team uh the chicago blackhawks right like i just i don't get what this team what what this league is going for when it, like what this league is thinking when it comes to picking the proper spots for the two of the five best players in the world to be playing it just it just doesn't make sense to me, but then again, it's the NHL and what the hell else makes sense in this fucking league. But um, yeah, kind of a frustrating game. Uh, really didn't. I was really worried this game was going to go to a shootout. Like I was praying to God that didn't happen, uh, but it didn't. And um, you know, wins a win. Stu, uh, would would love to see that save percentage a little bit higher. But you know what? Wins a win. We're gonna I'll get. Take it. We're gonna get to save percentages. We're gonna get to oh, save percentages okay. because there's an there's an epidemic going on amongst goaltenders in the NHL right now in the month of March. The Ides of March, beware if you are a goalie. Speaking of the NHL doing a very bad job of things, Nolan. Um, Oilers had a pride night on Saturday, and this comes after James Reimer, uh, and then the Stahl brothers in Florida, uh, both declining in the same week to wear pride jerseys for warm-ups. So there was lots of questions surrounding uh, the games that were upcoming and how they were going to be rolled out. And, I mean, let's just get it out of the way first and foremost. Uh, Oilers didn't wear jerseys for pride warm-ups, which, I mean, I don't know if that was ever the plan or what, uh, but they decided not to go that route in this match, uh, opting instead to do tape stick tape which kind of seems like a little bit of a cop out but i don't know i don't know what their plans were the oilers organization never really released any information on it so maybe that's all they were going to do maybe they got strong-armed I'm, I'm not sure had you heard anything through your insiders uh through my through my twitter sphere constant uh debauchery i i i think that that, that this was kind of a plan for a while that they that they were that they were going to be doing pride tip connor said that apparently they were one of the very first teams to do it um so that's that's kind of interesting but yeah i'm i'm with you i would have liked them to see their pride jerseys um i mean i don't want to give them too much credit but uh the flames pride jerseys were those were gorgeous. Really nice. Yeah. Those really were nice. those were those those were hot, hot, hot. So, you know, love to see that. And like you said, Zach Hyman just continuing to be Zach Hyman. Um every, every, everything you could want in a person is 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 there in that man. And I just I cannot continue to uh 
just wax poetically about this man. He he's he's incredible. He's an incredible hockey player and just the 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 most remarkable person off the ice. Um it's 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 funny you mentioned the Stahl brothers because I, I'm still actually laughing at the fact that um Eric Stahl had this whole thing about, you know, not wearing the Pride jersey and then somebody called them out on like, actually you did wear it uh when you were with the Habs and he's like, I never wore the Pride jersey at any point in my career. And they're like, No, you actually did and he's like, I never wore it. And then they bring up the film and he's like, Huh. <laughs> Isn't huh. that funny? It's actually it's like the um have you have you seen that 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 uh uh, that video that's going viral about the woman that killed her boyfriend in the suitcase and then she's like denying it. No, I haven't. But just before we jump into that, I want to steal a line from fr- from friend of the show, Jay, lawyer Jay. Yeah. Where he's like, cut the Stall brothers some slack. They're from Thunder Bay. They're still trying to get the get their minds wrapped around running water. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of running water. <laughs> Shot, shot, shots fired at T Bay today. Take it, T Bay. Take it, take it. Lie down. Um. Anyways, but no. Uh. Yeah. Moving on from them. But anyways. Uh. Yeah. I just very happy to see that from Zach Hyman. Yeah. Shout out Zach. He's the goat. Um. Do you want to take this one, or do you want me to do it? Um. I actually was not able to watch this game, so you may have to take it. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're gonna have to take this one. I will happily take it because I got to watch this game at uh, at the at the Big J house with with her mom and dad. We got together Ooh. this weekend and checked out and watched the game and had some had some light beers and yeah, watched the watched the Oilers ultimately lose. Friday night blues is what we're calling this one. Four three overtime loss to Vegas on March twenty fifth. As we talked about, the Oilers held their Pride Night, no jerseys, but many players had rainbow tape on their sticks for warm-ups, and Hunter wore a rainbow wig. Kind of lame, kind of thought the Oilers would have a little more on as an organization here. Shout out to Zach Hyman for his statement regarding the importance of celebrating Pride. So, Nolan, in, in honor of the Oilers' Pride Night, this highlight pack will feature a figure or statistic about the LGBTQ plus community after every period to uh, follow the lead that the San Jose Sharks did. So for those listening, we have some statistics for you. Fact one, members of a sexual minority in Canada are three times as likely to experience a violent crime compared to heterosexual Canadians. According to StatCan, that's uh, one out of 10 people of a sexual minority community who have reported a violent crime against them. So if you think about the people you know personally in that community in your own life, that figure is really scary because I can think of 10 people off the top of my head that I know. And it's it's really sad to think that one of them has has had you know an act of violence committed against them just because of their sexual orientation. So I, I don't know. That one stuck out to me right away. So I wanted to throw that in there. But. Aside from this being Pride Night, this was a huge chance for the Oilers to get two points against the division leader, with the 2-3 matchup in the Pacific being a combo of either the Oilers, Knights, and Kings. All three of the teams um, would much rather play the wild card, so two points here would be large. Former Oiler, Laurent Boissois, making the start for the Knights in this one. Making the start in this one, Jack Eichel opens the scoring a minute into the game on honestly a pretty weak shot. I don't like to give Stu shit too much, but this one was a bit of a muffin. one nothing Knights. So story time. This is baby back Billick. His third game at Rogers, and he has yet to see a goal in person. LOL. They've gotten shut out the past two games he's been to, which is funny because any team Leon and Connor are on is basically point night. So baby back Billick hoping to see his first Oilers goal. Would he see it this game? 
He would. Off of the stick of the children's author, Zachary Martin Hyman, our star of David, makes it 1-1 Oilers. Nugent Dry get the assist. Pavel Dorofeyev, in his 10th career NHL game, scores on the power play for the Knights to make it 2-1 heading in. Not a real player. No? Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, I've that's never heard of this a, guy. That's such a generated name. Yeah, 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 like, no. You're on season 95 of your be a pro career, and this guy's getting drafted third overall out of no, yeah, no, no one's just drafting you in his Islanders franchise to take over <laughs> for Matthew Barzal. And he's like a 94 overall, just coming out of the KHL. Um, so we're headed into intermission, which means we have another fact uh, 57% of sexual minority Canadians surveyed reported instances of unwanted sexual behavior made towards them in public over the last 12 months versus just 27% of heterosexual Canadians reporting when asked the same question. You may be asking, what is an example of an unwanted sexual behavior that would include unsolicited sexual images, sexual jokes, sexual attention, or threatening or aggressive messages being sent to you or said to you. This happens online, at work, or in person uh, to be considered a uh, a public um, reported instance of unwanted sexual behavior. So again, really weird. 57% compared to just 27% of the heterosexual population of people. That's pretty staggering. That's that's. Uh, that's double the number. So again, just just another thing that makes you think about how much more hurdles there are for for members of a sexual minority in Canada to be uh, to, to to be to have to jump over versus regular or not regular but heterosexual Canadians. Um, the lone second period goal was an Oilers tally from the German sniper, his forty fifth of the year. Sneaky Leon fifty watch power play goal from McDaniel and Bush to make things two two heading into the third. Oilers would get nine shots to Vegas' eight in that frame. So, second period's over. Another fact for you, Nolan. Fact. Why do we need Pride Nights? This is a big question that I think a lot of people ask. They're like, well, you know, why do we need to have this? You know, that doesn't really, why, what, what's it got to be a special night for? Well, Nolan, people are becoming more and more tolerant and accepting of the uh, LGBTQ plus community. Uh, so we say, but in reality, According to 2019, Statistics Canada reported 265 hate crimes uh, based on someone's sexual orientation, where in 2022, that number was 423. So hate crimes against people, uh, members of a sexual minority in Canada actually increased between 2022 and 2019. So it means that as a society, we are clearly not getting more accepting. We are becoming more violently opposed. Whoever is opposed to uh, to people's sexual choices is you know, starting to act out violently. And that's, that's really scary. And that's why it's important for us to stand up to injustice in our day-to-day lives and talk about why this is not okay and why we need to be more tolerant because we're not making the change that we think we are. So going in to the third period, John Jonathan Marsha show scores midway into the third. Knights drop three two. Jonathan Mercer. Jonathan Mercer scores three two Knights. Shit. Our foggy boy Warren he gets his thirteenth of the season just six minutes after the Marshy goal to bring things back to three. Nurse and Yamo get the assists on this equalizer. So the third period's over. We're tied at threes. We're going into overtime. That means you get more hockey, and that also means you get another fact. Uh, our collection of information for members of the LGBTQ plus community is even screwed. 
Um, it took until the 2021 census for an option about gender at birth versus gender to be included, which experts believe has been skewing figures for the transgender community in, st in statistics in any sort of reporting in Canada for years. Since these government documents did not allow for them to accurately report data, uh, they've been funneling it incorrectly, reporting it incorrectly, and creating indiscrepancies. So it's another community inside of the Pride community that is you know, being faced with even more difficulties and, and improper representation in government statistics and government data. So um, one for the folks at home, the average income of a Canadian is $58,000, where the average income of a LGBTQ plus community member in Canada is 39,000. Granted, there are other factors like age and income to consider here. Uh, but overall, that's a massive discrepancy in economic well being that really got me thinking about you know, be just stri strictly going at the numbers, strictly going off the salary and where that create makes you live, the food that, that that makes, you know, you able to buy gas, vehicles, getting different places, um, extremely, extremely difficult and another, uh, another oppressive number that uh, people just often don't think about. So I'm, I was, you know, pretty shocked to see that. Getting into overtime, speaking of being shocked to see that, not to underplay it, but Nicholas Waugh scores another poopy blown coverage type of goal to give the Knights a 4-3 overtime win. Skinner finished this one with 30 saves on 34 shots, a .882 save percentage, while Laurent Boissois stopped 27 for 30 to have a even 900 save percentage. Excuse me, the Oilers won 48% of the draws. Uh, and went one for two on the power play and one for two on the penalty kill. They were outshot 34 to 30. Nicholas Waugh with his OT winner is the game's first star. Sneaky three-point night for Eichel in the battle of 2015 top two picks. But ultimately, the Oilers drop this one, get a point. But uh, yeah, man, could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot more of a uh, better effort from the Oilers Entertainment Group on Pride Night and could have been a better result for the Oilers on the ice as well. Yeah, man. I like I said, I wasn't able to watch this game. Uh, I was unfortunately working on a bathroom that finally got finished today. Thank Christ Almighty. Um, but you know, I just I just wanted to just take a second and just thank you for uh, thank you for continuing to uh, surprise me, Miles. I just I just I just really like that stuff that you kind of interjected in there, and makes me feel really good, and just reminds me why I do what I do with you, and why you're my friend. So. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. That's really nice of you. I, I appreciate that very much. Uh, but I have a question for you, Miles. Oh, boy. Who the fuck is Matias Michelli? <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, man, I don't know. Who, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Uh, in a 5-4 win over the Arizona Coyotes, the Oilers head into ASU campus full of natty light and vinegar, highlighting all of the broadcast team's mullets over the years, which is absolutely astounding. Jack Campbell and Net, what kind of night is it, folks? Such a Jack Campbell night as Matias Michelli gets the game's first goal 350 into the game on Arizona's first shot. You know what's crazy about Matias Michelli is he's got like like almost 50 points in the season. Yeah, he's a he who the who the fuck yeah, is this guy? He's like a weird Calder dark horse. He's like yeah. the he's like the Corey Conacher of this year. Remember Corey <laughs> Conacher? I uh, it sends legend Corey Conacher. Dude, I remember dude. Quick little side note. Corey Conacher is the best asset management I've ever seen in hockey history. Corey Conacher 
if who, whoever doesn't remember was an un, I believe he was an undrafted free agent signed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. He comes in in the 2012-2013 season because it was the lockout shortened season. Comes out is on fire. I believe he's playing with Stamkos and Marty St. Louis, and he's sick. He's so good. And at the deadline, Steve Eiserman looks at this as like, this is not sustainable. Trades him to Ottawa for whomst? Uh, ben Bishop? There you go. They yeah. literally get their their Vesna-nominated goaltender out of out of this deal because Steve Eiserman's what? like, yeah, this is not sustainable. This is not happening. That's nuts. That who was the who was the GM in Ottawa at that time? Because they should be drawn and quartered. Uh, I believe that would have been uh, Mr. Brian Murray. Ah, uh, okay, sorry. About He's probably that, like dude. Corey Connor. He's gonna look great with Jason Spezza. Spezza, sorry, Beamer. We we <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you, Beamer. Yeah, shout out to our boy. Born uh, out. Oilers answer right back as our star of David and author of children's books, Zachary Martin Hyman scores a power play goal from Connor. His 140th point of the season with a fucking asshole. 140 points with a fucking brick. And Ryan Nugent can even things up. Uh, Barrett Hayton would then score uh, on the power on the power play, still in the first period, to restore the lead for the Yotes 2-1. Oilers, again, answer right back less than a minute after the Hayton goal with our dentine daddy. Make sure to book a dental exam. Evan Bouchard with those hieroglyphics on his arms. <laughs> Scores from Fogel and Nick Bukestad to even things up at two. Then... He's on a bit of a heater, folks. Mr. 9.25 himself, Darnell Nurse would find the back of the net, a shorthanded goal from Yamo to make it 3-2 heading into the intermission. The lone highlight from the second period was a big one as Leon Dreisaitl scores his 46th of the year and 300th of his career. Connor, Leon, and Kane were all going into the past few games with 299 goals, and Leon won the race. Congratulations, Leon. 4-2 Oilers. People just forget how good this guy is. He's four, He's he's the fourth fastest among skaters to reach 300. Ovi did it in 473 games. Stammer did it in 550. Crosby did it in 622. And Leon did it in 630. So shout out to our boy, Leon. Connor is at 561, but let's but let's let Leon have his moment in the sun. That's so stupid. <laughs> Isn't uh, that nuts? Dude, they're so good at hockey, but Connor is just like on another level. It's ridiculous. Uh, Coyotes open the third with a frenzy to get back into the game as Machi- Matias Michelli. Who the fuck is Matias Michelli? This is like who? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Uh, <laughs> scores his second of the night, and 58 seconds later, Barrett Hayden scores his second of the night, and we're tied at four. What the hell? We, uh, former fifth overall Barrett Hayden likes to come. Over, you know, is like, hey guys, yeah, I'm I'm actually an NHL player. I'm not just a fucking total bust. Um, no, he's, he's here. He's, he's, he's here, everybody. Uh, eventually our guy, and we're going to get to him because there's more to talk about with him. Our baby face assassin, Ryan Nugent Hopkins would restore the lead with a power play goal. His 34th of the year to make it five, four Oilers. Bush and dry get the assist five, four Oilers, make it a final, uh, shots finished 33 to 29 for the Coyotes, meaning Jack stopped 29 to 33 for an 879 save percentage. Oilers won 40 percent of the draws, went two for four on the power play and three for four on the PK. Nuge took home first star for his two point effort in front of a packed barn of 4,600 people. <laughs> Isn't that funny? 4,600 people, and she's sold out. It's um, really funny when God, they I were like. 
it was really funny when they were asking Connor about it and he immediately just laughs at it. The first, like, like he, like literally the first question is like, how does it feel to play in Mullet Arena? And he just laughs. And then he, <laughs> and then he draws parallels to playing in Erie. Yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> God, I can't wait to watch Connor Bedard in that rank. Um, go Oilers. This is, this is, you know what? <laughs> so back to back, back to back brutality. Uh, because no rest for the wicked the next night they're off to Vegas so I titled this one brackets Vegas strippers 7-4 win versus Las Vegas on March 28th second half of a back-to-back in just three days removed from our last game uh, meeting the Oilers what who typed this who wrote this Turn your brain on whoever wrote this case. Second half of a back-to-back and just three-day three Who's reading this? Second half of a back-to-back and just three days removed from their last meeting, comma, the Oilers face off in Vegas against the Golden Knights. There, I finally got it. Just like last game, the Knights start on time and the Oilers don't. Bush and Ekholm and everyone else on the ice get caught puck-watching as sneaks in alone makes a little move on Stu and scores one nothing Vegas just John, like last game Brian Sorry. Brian Murray trying to draft Jonathan Marsha so <laughs> oh, no. Jonathan Marsha show from uh I don't know where he played junior but could you I just imagine there's lots of s's to win again Shakudami 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 Shawanigans Ramushki Oceanic Cursed, cursed. <laughs> Shout out Brian Murray, man. Yeah, one yeah. time for B Murray. <laughs> yeah. Just like last game, the Oilers respond to the Vegas goal almost immediately and take the puck on a rush down the ice, where Quick misplays it and then makes a one in a million paddle save on Leon. I was so pissed because he did not have any any reason to make that save, but somehow sticks the paddle out and makes a save. Um, whatever. I was really pissed off, but then Vegas takes a penalty and Bush goes pipe in on Quick for a patented Bush bomb from McDavid Nuge to tie things up at one. Nuge, we love you so, so much as he scores an unassisted marker midway through the period to make it 2-1. Back come the Knights as the true Willie Styles, William Carlson scores a shorty to even things up. Three on, like 300. And Leon, get it? Three on? Really funny. Yeah. Dreisaitl scores his 47th of the year. This one on the power play from Connor and Nuge to restore the lead. 3-2 Oilers heading into the first intermission. Second gets underway, and again, Vegas strikes quickly. Michael Amadio, not a real player. Amadio. Amadio scores his 13th of the year. Phil Apple, Phil Kessel Apple, Phil point to report to even things back up. This is also like Vegas' fifth shot, by the way. So we're tied at three, and Vegas has like five shots. Uh, Mr. 9.25 scores his 10th of the year. Assist to Nuge and Fogel for three Oilers lead. Evander Kane, we missed you. He scores his 300th career goal, his 14th of the year. This one from Leon and Yamo, 5-3 Oilers. The floodgates continue to stay open as children's author and all-around great human being, Zachary Martin Hyman, scores his 33 of the year. Holy shit, 33 for Zach. This power play goal coming from Nugent Connor, 6-3 Oilers. This period would start with Jonathan Quick on the bench. 
and Brossois back in goal for the Knights. Wouldn't matter as Brett Kulak scores a Roadhouse King, BK, his third of the year, and unassisted beauty makes it 7-3. Oilers, Jonathan Mercer would finish things off the way things started by scoring, but it wouldn't matter because the Oilers win 7-4 in Sin City. Shots finished 39-22 to for the Oilers. The Oilers went 3-for-3 three three on the power play and a perfect 3-for-3 three three on the penalty kill as well. The Oilers won 60% of the faceoffs in this game and with one goal and four assists, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was your game's first star. Stuart Skinner, the victim of a defensive breakdown in the first half of the game, stopped 18 of 22 for a .818 save percentage, which is tough, but the Oilers figured it out in the second half and dominated. And I'm sure Stuart Skinner will take a W over some fancy numbers any day of the week. Can I quickly just talk about um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Absolutely, you can. So... I don't think, and I th- I know that Oilers fans are appreciating him, but I still feel like we aren't appreciating him enough as it is. And I feel like the national media still does not give this guy the credit that he absolutely deserves. Um, whether or not he's playing with Connor McDavid or he's playing with Leon Dreisaitl, what this man is doing for this hockey club is just unassailable, like un- unbelievable. Drafted first overall in 2011, came in was a just just a star coming in. Like we we all expected Ryan Nugent Hopkins to become the um, there's comparisons to Pavel Datsuk, but we all we all thought that he could be one of those top tier centermen. You know, we we believe that he could be in that uh, in that class with someone like I don't know Ryan Getzlaff at the time or Henrik Sedin or whomstever, and Unfortunately, injuries and the lack of size really caught up to him, and he kind of took a step back. And that all culminated in the Oilers, uh, you know, loss in the second round of the Anaheim Ducks in 2017, where a very young Ryan Nugent Hopkins was not able to produce, and lots of fans, including myself, were not really into it. And I remember when he signed that deal, and you and I talked about this, about Keeping Nuge forever, and obviously keep Nuge forever. Shout out Bag Bilk and shout out Oilers Nation. No free ads, but um, you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins made the choice to stay after all the shit he took from fans, after all the shit he took from media, after all the shit he took from all the national talking heads. He decided to stick around. Signed, in my opinion, one of the best one of the best value contracts in the entire league. If if anybody tries to tell you that Ryan Nugent Hopkins wasn't going to get paid at least seven and a half million dollars in the open market for seven years, they're absolutely lying to you. Because the, I I bet you any money, some team would have offered him seven times eight, or sorry, eight times seven. Like he he would have gotten eight eight million dollars a year to go be a number one center for some team, and instead he stayed. He wanted to see things through here. And what he has provided is a tactile utility knife fit to this team. And I just, I, 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 he has 624 points in 794 games. He's fifth in his draft class in scoring behind Shifley, Huberdeau, uh, Gaudreau, and Kucherov. And I think that this guy can, can finish with easily north of 800 points by the end of his career. And, we are talking about a guy that 
has had a career season. And it, but the, the, the crazy part is, is that it doesn't feel like it's luck. It feels like the game is finally starting to kind of come together. And maybe it just took a little bit of time. Maybe it's just his older age. But I said this to you when he signed the contract. I think this guy is going to age like Patrick Marlowe. And I think that we're about to see a really, really great second half to his career. Man, I, I sure hope so. And I think that you're bang on there. Like, guy's got 96 points right now. Um, you know, knock on wood, barring any sort of crazy shit, he's going to hit 100. And 100 points on any other team in the NHL would, like, easily put you in MVP conversation. And he's not even, like, Leon's not getting MVP discussion, and Nuge certainly isn't getting MVP discussion. But he... Absolutely should be because he's been a stud all year. He's been such a huge piece to this team. I've loved watching his game. I've loved Nuge for a really long time. And to like you said, just to see it kind of culminating at this point in his career is fantastic. The really funny part of his career is that he still cannot take a draw. He's 45% in the dot. <laughs> Poor fucker. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. Like, and, and yeah, is he a little bit of a power play merchant this season? fine but you know what scoring on the power play is a part of the game of hockey like it yeah, is a skill up, it, it is a skill i don't care what anybody says it is a skill to be good on the power play and at the end of the day like he provides more than just that he's also great on the penalty kill um i mean the, the penalty kill has not been great but i don't want to blame that on ryan nugent hopkins he's decently five he's decent at five on five but um but yeah, I just, uh, I, I love Nuge. We love Nuge. Well, they are eight and two in their last 10. Team is looking really good uh, since January 1st. Let me, uh, I could probably find, find some of those statistics uh, that hold up pretty well. But uh, the Oilers miles are looking really good. I'm wondering, how are you feeling? How am I feeling about the Oilers? Yeah. I feel super, super fine. I feel really good about the Oilers. How, how do you feel, Nolan? Statistically, how do you feel? Um, well, I would just like to pull up uh, very quickly their numbers since January first. Okay, just, just, j- just the, just the quick little. They are. You already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're six. They're this six. Was, this is what we talked about. <laughs> this is six. They're six in wins. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> they're fifth in Corsi. They're they're uh sixth in goals for. They are second in expected goals for percentage. So this has got me thinking, Miles. This team is looking really good. And uh oh, it's time for an ad read. <laughs> this episode of go. One for One is brought to you in part by our friends at Betstamp. Teams are tanking, teams are pushing for the playoffs, and deadline additions are, well, they're settled now, into new teams. While the action on the ice is heating up, so are the sports books. Don't lay, lay down any juice without any help from our friends at Betstamp. Betstamp aggregates all the odds for sports books around Canada, ensuring you get the ultimate bang for your book. Uh, you can line shop with all the big sports books, track your bets with their verified tracking system, and even follow winning bettors who use their platform to find those smart picks. Hell, like I said, you can find Miles and I, as well as friends of the show, on their easy-to-use, socially integrated platform. So, Miles, I was thinking... Stanley Cup odds for oh, Mar- I like Ed- it. 
uh, I don't want to say La Edmonton Oilers. I want to I want to feel I want to feel European and say Lar Edmonton Oilers for some reason. Um, I I don't know where I'm going with this, but I was taking a quick look. I was t- I was taking a I was taking a little gander, if you will. And oh, I uh, fucking want to burn you so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and Betstamp can currently get the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup at plus fourteen hundred with North Star bets. It's as low. As plus one thousand on DraftKings, uh, plus eleven hundred on Caesars. So you can get, uh, like I said, some pretty good bang for your book. I uh, I'm feeling like I might put a little bit of juice on because uh, I usually put one on when the playoffs start, but I'm I'm, I'm thinking of maybe sprinkling a little bit on now. What are I you put, thinking? I personally put a little bit of juice on the Oilers before the trade deadline, like when all the when all the Carlson stuff was heating up. Oh, freshly squeezed. I- Freshly squeezed, Ooh. and I ended up getting them at plus sixteen hundred. And I did, believe it or not, use use bet stamp for that. So um, it's interesting to see the the variety of of uh, odds. You know, makes you makes you really think that uh, an app like that could uh, help you make a little bit more cash if you're going to be a DGen. And you can. Download the Betstamp app on any of your favorite app stores, whether it's Google Play. Uh, the the app store itself on 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 the iPhone and uh, use their use the promo code one for one to let them know that we sent you. Thank you very much to Betstamp for sponsoring the show and please play responsibly. Okay, can I say two quick things? Two critiques about your ad read. Yes, of course. Um, stop making Android people feel like they're normal. Exclude <laughs> them. Just make everything about the app store. Make everything about the iPhone. I legitimately. I'm a bad person. Just shame them. Dude, yeah. And my friends that have Android phones, I explicitly tell them to just Snapchat me because I don't <laughs> want to see the green bobbles. Scumbag. Second um, second critique, when you started speaking Latin and you're like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, you're going to fucking the 1400s and you're going to raid some castle gold. or some shit. I don't know. Raiding for gold to throw in the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. That's fitting because St. Patrick's Day was not that long ago, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure the leprechauns like like gold. Um, so that kind of does it for Oilers shit. Hey, I think we can move right into NHL shit. Yeah, there's not really much Oilers shit to talk about. Uh, the Bakersfield Condors, uh, I ha- feel like they haven't played a game in like a million years, so there's nothing yeah, really that exciting going on. The Hall, the Hall, Holloway's back, and he's got three, yeah. four goals in his last three games or something like that. Maybe something flip like that, that the other way. Kind of a psychopath. He's been he's he's been he's been good. He's been a been a good contributing young man playing down in the AHL. God, he's gonna be twenty two this year. That makes me sad. Such a call up Dylan Holloway kind of day. He is oh oh no oh yeah yeah you're right yeah you're right three goals three goals in his last four games. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, good yummy. stuff. That's yummy content. Do you want to talk have, about some? They only have eight more games left. Sorry, go on. Do you want to talk about some bad stuff? I would I ever. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to? You want to lead it off? Oh fuck me! I just I just went down to the I just scrolled down to the NHL shit. Thanks a lot, Merles, for fucking for for giving me this shit. Um, I'm not reading this headline. You can read the headline. No, I don't want to. I'm That's not reading this. No, it. no way, Jose. Uh, um, hockey Canada. <laughs> 
<laughs> announces that players from the infamous 2018 World Junior uh, Championship roster are ineligible to play for Canada internationally until their investigation is complete. Uh, good PR move, but also pretty toothless. Players implicated in this would include Kale McCarr, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Drake Batherson, and Carter Hart, and uh, and of course um, Alex Formanton, who just happened to disappear off the face of the earth after this all happened. Ooh. I wonder. I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> The dots are connecting. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, it's obviously not a laughing matter. We're just kind of laughing at the, at the at the situation itself. But um, <laughs> yeah. We're just laughing at the situation itself. It's yeah. like, oh, it's not yeah. a laughing matter, but we're laughing directly at the situation. We're, we're, laughing, we're laughing at the one-for-one situation of Miles yes. trying to make me hard transition into this story. So thanks thanks a lot, Miles. I, I, I really appreciate your hard work and effort. All those nice things I said about you uh, previously are, are, are now immediately taken away. Thank you. That sounds great. Um, you know what else sounds great? The playoff picture. Snap. That's what a camera sounds like. Is starting to take shape. The Bruins, the Canes, the Devils, the Leafs, and the Rangers have all mathematically clinched their ticket to the postseason, which means five of the eight Eastern Conference playoff spots uh, are confirmed per Darren. Nothing out West yet. And actually, Nerlin, um, I think I saw something on the internet today. It's the 30th today where uh, we split up the recording in two. Um, oh, I should not slide that. But I saw something today that the Bruins can clinch the President's Trophy tonight if they beat whoever they're playing just like straight up. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um by the way, uh, we 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 did we did split this episode. Uh, we are currently recording the second half of this on a Wednesday. I was too tired last night to get back to recording, so enjoy after, this. After Miles shamelessly went I, to go get a haircut, uh, yeah, and fucking absolute loser move. I'm just kidding, Miles. Your hair looks tremendous. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, Thank you, man. You're welcome. Uh, so, uh, but I, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm actually gonna have the uh, that the L.A. Edmonton game on the background. So if you hear me go, oh, it's probably because Connor McDavid has scored like 14 goals. Um, that's, what, that's what the kids want to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm also I also realized this, uh, you know, about five minutes ago. But I'm buzzing tonight. I think I'm still rattling off the pre workout high. So we're <laughs> flying tonight, boys. Anyways, <laughs> put your seatbelts on, kids. Um, so this this is what I talked about a little bit about a little bit earlier last episode, and or not last episode last night when we were recording and I was talking about basically oh, we're gonna last get- episode. Last episode, fuck you. It feels like a year. Um, so WTF is happening to NHL goalies? The month of March has been absolutely brutal for goalies. Let me dive into some numbers. Oh, you're used to Nolan giving you numbers. Boop, boop, switch. Going to be classic bait and switch. I'm These are unexpected goals numbers. Hold on. Hold on, you guys. I've got some numbers. Uh, league, <laughs> league average save percentage dropped to 0. .890 in the month of March. Uh, the lowest it's been at any point in this NHL season. Looking at goals saved versus expected among Eastern Conference goalies, only 6 of 16 saw a positive number. Those goalies being Allmark, Shesterkin, Kemper, Hart, Montembeau, and Craig Anderson. Out West, only half, so 8 out of 16 of the goalies had a positive goal saved versus expected in the month. Those guys were Ottinger, Skinner, Hellebuck. Oh, fuck, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Ottinger, Skinner, and Hellebuck were among the goalies in the negative numbers. So some of the three big goalies uh, out west, like 
from Dallas, Edmonton, and uh, Winnipeg were actually on the bad side of them. So speaking of Connor Hellebuck, he's playing at, and I, I, I admit I wrote these notes on Monday, and I think he just went on a couple game heater, um, but he was playing at base replacement level numbers, which is really surprising and sad to see for Jets fans. The Oilers duo has been right around league average in the month of March. And if this is the trend that continues in the playoffs, it could be an interesting thing to keep an eye on uh, because skaters are finishing at a crazy rate and playing some really strong hockey, making life hell for the masked men. Nolan, I know you were talking about doing an expose on the Jets. Do you have anything off the dome about how bad they've been? Because the Jets have been fucking bad. So they've been and really... I think that that kind of starts from the net out for them. So they've been really bad. Um, I was going to get into this a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I unfortunately did not have enough time to totally get everything together on that. But basically, did, did you see that um, did you see that article from Rick Bone? Or did you see that, that thing from uh, Rick Bonus about like him calling out like the Jets stars? Oh, yeah. I was going to I was going to quickly read that because uh, I luckily bookmarked it on Twitter so I was able to I'm able to get right to it. Um but basically this was a uh this was a interview between Rick Bonus, Winnipeg head or Winnipeg Jets head coach and Scott Billick, uh, who's a beats writer or who's a Jets beat writer for the Winnipeg Sun. Um uh, the the question being, uh, do you need more commitment from some of your best players? I've got to get more out of them, put it that way. Why do you say that it's on you to do more to motivate them? And then bonus asked the uh, bonus asked the interviewer, uh, who who motivates you when you wake up in the morning? He says, myself. There you go. He says, so why do you say then that you need to do more to motivate these guys? Rick Bonus says, that's what we're dealing with. That's part of our job is to stay on top of them and to keep pushing them and to and don't let them get into a comfort zone and don't let them back off. Sometimes you're doing that and you're not even aware you're doing it. So it has to be shown, has to be talked to, and has to be addressed. We'll keep pushing and then the rest is on them. Um, if we're allowing, If we're allowing this and just not addressing that they can do more, that's one thing, but we are addressing it. And now that next step, that has to come from them. And then... The, and then Scott says, "Just seems a little odd that you need to motive that you need to motivate some of these veterans." Bonus, the final line, the nail in the coffin. Yep, that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> Oof. Such a Rick bonus kind of day. Oh my god, it's just a cr- curmudgeon. Um, yeah, it, it's they just seem lifeless. It seems like a lot of that early season success might have been uh, due to the fact that they were maybe riding a bit of a PDO bender. Um, which 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 happens? Um, Rick Bonus's system seems to. I feel like Rick Bonus's system is very much like a Dave Tippett system. Makes makes certain defensemen look really good, but ultimately gives up a ton of shots and relies on your goaltender to sort of stand on his head. And when the goaltender can't save everything, then everything falls apart. Um, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, obviously, all famously are not big defensive players. Um, Mark Shifley has gone very cold. Kyle Connor has been incredibly cold. Um, Blake Wheeler is 37 years old and stinks. So there's just like, there's just a lot going on that is not working in the Jets' favor right now. And I just... Nothing nothing quite like going five and five in your last 10 when you're playing for your life in the playoffs, but just running down downtown Winnipeg screaming, I'm a gamer, I'm a gamer. (laughs) It's Mark Shifley. Yeah, and and then they're going to be saying, uh, and then at the at the freaking IGA line because Mark Shifley is getting groceries in April instead of playing in the playoffs. So they'll be, they'll be like, it's Mark Shifley. <laughs> <laughs> 
This guy loves going to tap and yaki. <laughs> In, dude, in April when he should be playing hockey. Dude, that's me. Oh, Connor is... McDavid. Connor McDavid just checked someone from behind. Oh, God. Is he getting kicked out again? Guess who it was? Was it Mikey Anderson? Oh, it was. You got it. I hate Mikey you're Anderson. A fucking cla- you're a clairvoyant. <laughs> dude, he's hurt. Oh, no. Mikey's hurt? Yeah, Mikey's a little... Oh. Like he's a little shook up. No, we don't. We we don't cheer for injuries on this show. No, we and, don't. But fuck Mikey Anderson. Confirm yeah. for me. Con, I'm swearing a lot more this this Con, back half. Con Con just rolled his eyes at the ref. <laughs> little Connie. Dude, um, did I call him Con Con? It's 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 very cute, eh? It is. It's cutesy wootsy. Okay, um, cool. Let's keep going. <laughs> do you want to take this next one? Uh, the deadline daddies. Yeah. Oh, so you'll read that title? Oh yeah, I'll read that title. I'm not reading that first title. Nerd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes me a nerd. <laughs> Not being a monster. Uh, here are the scoring leaders of the players traded at or near the trade deadline as of March 27th. This is already out of date. Uh, Tony, Tony Beauvillier. <laughs> Anthony, Tony. It works, man. You ever seen The Sopranos? <laughs> Bevillier. Uh, 17 points in 22 games. Vlad Tarasenko is 14 and 21. Dimitri Orlov has 12 and 13. Rasmus Sandin has 12 and 10. Sammy Blay has 11 and 20. Dadanov has 10 and 13. Bo Horvat has 9 and 20. Lol. Apparently, he's played really well defensively, so I'll give him credit there. Uh, Barbashev has 9 and 13. Ekholm has 9 and 11. And Marcus Johansson has 9 and 11. BB Viking, you are doing so good. He is just a, a total a total master wonder wizard. Love him. Matt, Love him spe- so much. Speaking of Ekholm, um, it just came out on TikTok today, but it was like from Oilers Plus, no free ads. And it was... Um, oh, the, the Ken Holland, Holland call. Yeah, calling Tyson Berry to tell him he got traded. <laughs> I had four people send me that today. <laughs> hey, Tyson, how you doing? I'm great, Ken. How are you? Let's me trade you to Nashville. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I wanted to see it through here, which kind of makes me a little sad. But um, no, you know, it is what it is. Did you now see? We got you saw the uh, you saw the Eckholm clip though, right? Mm. When he when he when he when he calls Eckholm. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, oh, you did. Oh, I'm really excited that I get to tell you this. Okay, so he, so so he calls Eckholm, and he says, and he says, uh, he says, yeah, you're married, and you got some kids, right? And you're. Your wife's got another baby on the way, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, like I've got two kids, and I've got a third one on the way." And he's like, "Oh, uh, when, uh, when is she due?" And then he says, "July." And then, uh, and then Ken Holland's like, "Oh, July, perfect." So after the parade, oh, <laughs> like, oh, Ken Let's Holland go. putting his thirteen incher on the table, boom, there it is. We're, we feel bad calling him Sleepy Ken because he's he. It was all a facade. No, he just wanted he, people he to was, think he, he was, was sleepy. sleeping. He just he just needed a little nepo baby action to come out and and Brad's His been son? doing all the work. Yeah, <laughs> Brad's nepo won, baby. Brad's one thousand percent been doing all the work. Shut up, like, Brad. Dude, Brad rule. Brad rules. I want to. I want to give him a little kiss. A little. A little. A little smooch, smooch yeah. in the boys. Not a red flag. Yeah. Um. So this blew me away. I saw this on the on the internet today, and I was like, "No way!" And I had to do <laughs> a little bit of I had to do a little bit of investigative ju- investigative journalism. This was your expose. <laughs> Did you know Zach Parisi is still in the NHL? 
Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. I did not realize he was still playing playing for the vet minimum. Such a loyal to Lou Lamorello kind of night. 21 goals in 76 games played. That's pretty crazy. Um, but here's he's the back half. Yeah. yeah, he's got 11 assists. <laughs> 21 goals and 11 assists. Who cares? 21 tucks at 38 is impressive. Um, shout out Zach Parisi. Still playing in the NHL. 38 Dude, years young. He's still so hot. He's such yeah, a good. I mean, he's looking got twenty-one dude. goals. Like he's he's got he must be shooting pretty well. Uh, no, off. Uh, we're not, we're not talking about the same hop, my friend. Uh, actually, uh, Zach Parise. I you know I you know I found a couple clips of him on uh on fucking NSFW Twitter. <laughs> this episode needs to end. This episode needs to end so bad. We're buzzing. Okay. okay, you want to get the next one? Yeah, sure. Uh, the okay. Toronto Toronto Six, by the way, that's an awful name. Sorry. Won the Isabel Cup, defeating the Minnesota Whitecaps in overtime to win their first championship in their three-year history. Shout out to those ladies on a well-deserved win. But whoever is in charge of naming that team, please, for the love of God, don't let Drake name your hockey team anymore. Pick something new. Dude, Toronto sports teams love Drake, and it, it's it's really unfortunate because I think that the Raptors have some of the stalest jerseys in the NBA, and they will not change it because those were created by Drake. Tough. There's yeah, the black and gold is trash, and so is the their red and black or red and white or whatever the fuck those jerseys are. They never should have gone away from purple, man. The the purple no, pe- like the, the purple Raptors were nice. Oh, the yeah, the purple Raptors sick. You should just you should just keep that. It's the same with like the freaking Timberwolves jerseys. That like the like the T Wolves should have just kept the kept the great Garnett era jerseys that they had. Oh, I don't, I I don't lo- get him. I love the little evergreen as like the collar accent mm-hmm. on those Timberwolves jerseys. It looks so good. I don't yeah. Do you, the mid uh, or, I was I was gonna say on a side note, do you know what jersey should come back? Uh the uh Orlando Magic classic pinstripe, like Shaq era. Yeah. Oh nice jersey. God, that's a hot jersey. With a little with a little Disney jersey ad on it. Let's see. That would, yeah, that would look really good. That would look magical. Yeah, it absolutely would. Okay. Um yeah. Man, shout out shout out to Toronto Six. Uh bring in uh bring in champion bringing champions back to Toronto, uh, unlike their uh, unlike their NHL team. Uh, the Penticton Vs are dominating the BCHL with a record of 53-1. Fi- uh, they are heading into the playoffs with like a .930 points percentage. Lol. Uh, a plus 208 goal differential. They are absolutely lights out. Jackson Neuendijk and Josh Niedermeyer might be the most notable names, but the top point scorers are Brothers Brad and Josh Nadeau from Penticton both committed to the University of Maine next year. 18 D1 commits on this team, which is fucking mental. The the Nado boys have 113 and 110 points in 54 games. Just fucking freak shit. These guys are mental. Lynn Sanity from Merle's. Did you know that? That they were just cleaning up the BCHL like that? I feel like the Penticton V's have always been one of those programs. I I feel like because they not not yeah, fifteen three and no, one like yeah, that's de- stupid. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Do you know who's a? Do you, do you know who? I believe he was a Penticton V. But do you know who's a big, big BCHL boy? Kyle Turris, I know, got drafted. Yeah, there the you go. You got yeah. you got it, man. You know your hockey history. I'm, I'm very happy, Miles. This is once again why we have a podcast together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I remember watching that draft, um, like in my living room, watching Kyle Turris get picked out of the BCHL and being like, "I've never heard of that league because I'm like 
Turn. I don't a, know what that is. He was a Burnaby Express kid. What a was loser. he a Burnaby Express? Yeah. yeah. A little sterling silver action for the fellas. Um, okay. 18 D1 commits. <laughs> 18 <laughs> D1 commits from that from that team. That's is, that's wild. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's a that, that's a crazy team. That's like the freaking uh I mean, I know that there would be D1 hockey now, but like that's like the Michigan team from was it last year where they had like Owen Power, Luke Hughes, Kent Johnson, Kent Johnson Matty Benitez? Yeah, just a crazy amount of talent on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what these uh, Nadeau boys can do because they've like I don't know, little Henrik and Daniel action. Maybe I mean BC, right? Like who who knows? Mm-hmm. Good shit to see. Miles. You know, playing with your brother Nolan is would be pretty. Rockstar. <laughs> I was. A- can I just mention one thing? I was gonna. I was actually gonna. I was gonna suggest an honorary Rockstar of the week. Actually, okay. You do, you do what you were gonna say, and then and then I want to tell you this after. Well, you might as well go because my mine is gonna be long. Okay. Well, I just wanted to mention uh, an honorary one. Uh, was actually there were there were, there were two honorary ones. Uh, one was, uh. Paul Stanley, he, so do you know who uh, Paul Stanley is? Name sounds familiar, but I can't put a fingy on it. He is the front man of Kiss. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, Ace, uh, uh, Paul Stanley insinuated that a Kiss reunion with original guitarist Ace Freely and drummer Peter Chris would sound like piss. (laughs) That's really funny, so um i just wanted to dress up like peter chris lois no one wants to be peter chris (laughs) not even peter chris it's true um and then the other one i wanted to mention too was uh did you happen to see megan the stallion throwing the first pitch at the astros game today no i didn't but i do remember her starting the formation lap at the uh american grand prix last year god she's gorgeous um anyways um she you're on horny Twitter. <laughs> NSF, NSFW boys. Um, so she throws the first pitch. She she goes up. She goes up to home plate, gives David Hensley a hug, and David Hensley, no joke, caught in absolute 4K, cops a feel. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> it's not like a full. He like he used the glove to kind of mask it, but he one thousand percent. He was go. He was going in, and he knew it was on the line. Oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah. So, anyways, my, my favorite. Uh, we're supposed to be talking about rock stars. Speaking of rock stars, best first pitch of all time: George W. Bush after nine eleven <laughs> at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, throws an absolute dart across home plate like strike in any league no one's hitting that surprised he didn't get signed off that but if you if you want to look me in the eyes and say that that's not the leader we needed i'll call you a liar you you big bush guy watch dude watching him throw that strike hell yeah i'm a big bush guy (laughs) entertain me uh put a uh put a c with that uh with that name and i'm in like like Bush Light or oh. like Kyle Bush, the NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah, a couple of rock stars. No one's speaking of rock stars, which is a term that I feel sometimes gets uh, overused in today's day and age. Uh, 
what better way to talk about rock stars than, you know, some people who support the show by, um, you know, chatting with us on the internet, talking about their favorite hockey players posted the question on Instagram late last week. And it was your Mount Rushmore, a blank route Mount Rushmore. And I said, who are your four favorite players for your favorite team? And the rock stars of the week are not only the faces on Mount Rushmore, Nolan, but also the people who took time out of their day out of their day to tell us who their rock stars are. So I'm going to share the results um, and we're going to talk about them and we're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're not going to hurt anybody's feelings because at the end of the day, it's personal opinion. And, you know, unless you're Ramus Winston, you can't be wrong. So, yeah, we're just going to going to run through this, have a little bit of laughs, talk a little bit of hockey and maybe take a trip down memory lane. How's that sound? Sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds good to me. So let's start off with our lawyer, Jay. He gave us two uh, because he was previously an Oilers fan, but now that he's big and fancy, he's a Leafs fan. He gave me his Leafs Mount Rushmore, and it is Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing at that, and I'm laughing at something else too that I was reminded of. His... Oilers Mount Rushmore is Fernando Pisani, Horkoff, Smitty, and Rollison. This which is, is so a, on brand for him. It's so on brand for him, but such a such a solid, solid Mount Rushmore. I have no notes. Perfect. Yeah, very happy to see. Um, who do we got next? This one is not perfect. This this is horrendous. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> And I verified with him. I texted him and I was like, hey, man, are, are you sure? sure? Are you sure this is what you want? And he's like, oh, hell yeah. And then he sent me like rock star or something like that. So Ramus Winston, Flyers fan, most Philly answer of all time. Ray Emery, Claude Giroux, Gritty, and Carson Briere. <laughs> For the most cursed Mount Rushmore you ever did see. The only thing that would make that better is Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, Tony, that he missed something there. He should shouldn't have put Claude in it. He should have just put Tony D. Um. Oh, next up we've got. Oh my God, Tanner. <laughs> Are you just gonna read all these off, or do you, or or, yeah. or do you want to take turns? I'll, I'll, I'll. You know what? You take you take Tanner. Good old right. Tanner. Uh, Tanner for Musha has Ovi, 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 and Backstrom. So, I clearly. Clearly not a big John Carlson fan. <laughs> no, dude, you know who would have sneaky, like if I was a Capitals fan? Olaf um, Kolzig. Dude, Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle. <laughs> dude, but do you remember Olaf Kolzig back when they had like the screaming eagle jerseys yes, and he had like yeah. the Godzilla and, mask and stuff? Yeah, he, and was he was a pimp. Yeah, he was unreal. He would he was, was probably like the best German born player until the Oilers got the best German born player. Hey, I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, speaking of other stuff, I like Floor Pie Alex, good guy, Canucks fan. Sorry to hear it. Um, Hendrick and Daniel Sedin, Trevor Linden, and Marcus Naslin. I think that that's a near perfect Mount Rushmore if you're a Canucks fan. But the only one that would be missing for me, uh, and keep in mind, like we grew up when we grew up, right? So a lot of our picks are a little bit older. Maybe you don't have like um, who was McLean? Was he their big goalie when they went to the Stanley Cup final? Kirk McLean. 
when they oh oh from oh from the nineties. I was gonna say yeah. uh, you mean Roberto Luongo? <laughs> no, but like Luongo yeah. would have been on mine. But like yeah, yeah. Uh, Pavel Bure and McLean, I guess would be on. Yeah, yeah. Probably one for some of the old heads. But no notes for Canucks fan floor pie. I think that that's a really solid list. I, I don't like know. My 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 personal one would have been uh, Oliver Ekman, Larson, J T. Miller, uh, 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 Jake Vertanen, <laughs> and uh, Todd Bertuzzi. <laughs> It's insane how many times Jake Vertanen is going to get brought up in this show, and it's too, too many. Oh, no. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> so I'll take this next one, and I made a little bit of a mistake here, but friend of the show, BB Bray, he had McDavid, Gretzky, and Ethan Bear, and then he said, it's got to be Bear because I'm Métis. So Hell I like yeah. that. That's good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. I just that don't rules. remember who his fourth was. I kind of fridged. I kind of frigged that. <laughs> Great friend. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I suck, dude. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, Babyback Billick's got uh, Nuge, Yakupov, Hall, and Steve Tambellini, just the most cursed foursome besides Nuge. Isn't that such a horrendous, <laughs> such a horrendous Rushmore? I thought he would have had Yamo on it for sure. I thought he would have been way back. Yeah, I, I was, I was waiting. I, I'm actually surprised just by looking at this from, from a, from a, from a far, from a far view. Like, there's only one Eberly. Actually, kind of surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But so, that came that came from a great, great friend of the show, though. So we got to give kudos to that person. Yeah, mediocre. <laughs> I'm Oof. kidding. I'm Oof, my <laughs> so new friend of the show, uh, Tynanos <laughs> 2.0. Good guy. Good guy. Great four. Gretz, Mess, McDavid, and Smith. I think that that's that's no notes. That's a great. That's a great top four. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. And it's followed up by another by another one. Oh, the exact same <laughs> from Kung Fu Kenny D, Gretz, Mess, Smith, and McDavid. Where we got it, we got it, we got a popular popular quadro. Yep, yep. Nope. Lots of good stuff here. Okay, let's keep going. Big J, uh, good friend of mine. McDavid, Drysidle, Hall, and Eberly. That's a great four. That is a, that is a really that's good a, four. That's a really good four. That's just like. <sighs> Once again, 2028 trade deadline. Bruins are out of it. Got to move off of Hall's money. You're he's an, he's an expiring contract. Let's see if we can get some picks back. Kraken are like, you know what, Eberly, you're getting a little old. We're not a contender. Let's get you back home. Hall, Eberly, Come home, boys. back to Edmonton, playing on line with Nuge. Let's go. I would, I would scream. Oh, my God. Oh, I my would- God scream from but the they top would, deck at Rogers. But they would have to do two things. Matias Alcolmaps has to give up 14. <laughs> oh no. No, they couldn't do that. <laughs> Sorry, Matias, the Lord is back. <laughs> and then and then they have to unretire four again for Kevin from Kevin Lowe for Taylor Hall. That seems like seems like minor details for them to make yeah. in the middle of a season. Yeah, just a couple of things, or or they'll be the first team with two fourteens on the ice. Hey, it's happening in football. It's about time it happens in uh in the NH in and college the national. football for the for the two numbers. It's not happening in the NFL anytime soon. I don't think. Curlage. Curlage, a little <laughs> curler football. Curlage um, football. Oh God, we got a couple f- flames nerds. That's a good way to look at it. Flames fan yeah. Dill. He's got Iggy, Kipper, Lanny, and Al McKinnis. Lanny McDonald is who that Lanny is. It's a good four. That's a yep. very solid four. I have yep. no notes. That's a very good one. 
I want to chirp yeah. it, but those are all guys that are kind of like unchirpable as an Oilers fan. You just kind yeah. of got to kind of give them the respect they deserve and the and the tip of the cap. It was painful as an Oilers fan to have Jerome McGinley as my favorite player in the NHL. Oof. Yeah, that was a that was a difficult time. But, you heard it here first, folks. But oh my god! But who who doesn't love Jerome McGinley? Yeah, that's true. Everybody like sure. lit- like literally everybody loves McGinley. He's a rock star. Just an excellent player and just a great just a great dude. So what's one? What's worse than one Flames fan? How about two Flames fan Kyle, who had Lanny <laughs> McDonald, Jerome McGinla, Mika Kiprasov, and Michael Backlund? Yeah, He's a I, big Backlund guy, I guess. I I said to I I said to uh, I said to him actually earlier in the week. I was like, I was like, could you imagine if the Flames hold their hold their hold their Pride Night and Michael Backlund doesn't wear doesn't wear the jersey? And he's like. Yeah, that might actually be the end of my Flames tenure. <laughs> that might be the actual <laughs> end of my life. <laughs> yeah, he loves Backlund. I'm surprised he didn't put um, um, Dougie Hamilton on here. Flames legend. D- Douglas? Douglas Hamilton, Flames legend. Longtime Dude, Flames legend. Love some museums. Um, <laughs> oh, and then he decided to give his Oilers takes in here too. Yeah, the four horsemen of the Oilers apocalypse. <laughs> He went with Evander Kane, Jake Vertanen, scratch that, take that out, put Zach Cassian's line of credit at the Home Depot paint counter, and then he put Daryl Cates and Wayne Gretzky's liver. Huh. All four of those are tough. Pretty pretty cursed. Pretty cursed for us. <laughs> he, he saw an opportunity to take a shot, and he did it. And, and he landed successful. one on the chin. Yeah, yep. those, are, those are all really hard things to read. Yeah, but absolutely. you know what? scoreboard kyle standings yeah suck it yeah suck it just in time to get 16th pick overall hey yeah there you go uh friend of the show benny hana bruins fan he's got bergeron chara marshan and tuka rask it's a good four yep it's a good bruins four yep we like speak speaking of bruins four tni the science guy again bruins he went with bork neely or and bergeron again fantastic four Yep. He's got a little he's got a little new age, he's got a little old school. I like it a lot. Um crazy. There's so many Bruins like that you a guy could go with, but it was nuts to have two Bruins fans and neither one of them say Esposito. I think I it's that- also just one of those things cuz he's just like with Bobby Orr there's like I think with Orr, Bork, and Neely, it's like there's a certain legend around those guys. Esposito is was obviously a legend of the game, but he doesn't have the same... I don't know. It's hard to... I feel like guys like Esposito are kind of hidden in the shadow of, like, Guy Lafleur and, like, uh, um, well, like Gretzky and Lemieux and things like that, mm-hmm. whereas Bork and, ne- Bork and Orr are, like, number one and two greatest defensemen of all time, maybe. Um, I mean, depends if you want to have that argument between Bork and, like, Lidstrom or somebody. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, coffee. And then with, and then with Cam Neely, it's like, that's the, that's like the first prototypical power forward, you know, is like, so I think that there's, there's something to be said about that. And plus, I think a lot of, a lot of Bruins fans will also hold him in high regard too, because you've got like, he's a part of their, he's a part of their management group and he has been for the last, you know, 15 years or so. So that's I get it. Fair, but I'm, I'm a big Espo guy. I've always like, I remember being a little kid and getting into hockey and reading all my, reading all my books. Do you ever read your art books? But they're hockey books and just being enamored with the Esposito brothers. So I, I don't know, man, I, I'm a, I'm not even a Bruins fan and, and Phil Esposito is on my, uh, or yeah, Phil Esposito is on Phil- my, 
Phil Esposito uh, famously almost threw hands with uh, Bob McKenzie. I would have loved to see him knock out the margarita man. How dare you say that about my friend that I met, Bob McKenzie? Because Tony O would have rinsed him. He would have put him in a sleeper, like not a, not a sleeper hold. He would have just put him to bed. Some old Italian. Um, uh, uh, Toronto Star columnist Bob McKenzie filed a complaint with police after an alleged shoving match in lightning dressing room. Esposito left the city before the police could take a statement. <laughs> oh, that's so Italian. That's so mobster. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Eh? Get the you fool guys. Eh? Get hey. The... Tony D'Angelo. Inside him. More like an outsider. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, Miles. No one. It's time. Let's, this, let's get the circus on down the road. It's time. Do you want my Rushmore of Oilers? Yes. McDaniel, Smitty, yep. Gretz, and Nuge. Okay. And I had a really hard time not putting Yes RV on here. Really hard time. So I unfortunately had to leave off Nuge. Um because as much as I love him I've got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisidel, Taylor Hall, and Oscar Clefbaum. Uh first and foremost, uh they're just they're just better players than Wayne Gretzky because they didn't play against plumbers. Uh I'm 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 kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Relax. <laughs> Anyways. Connor McDavid obviously goes without being said, uh the greatest player in the world. It's not even close at this point. Um so above and beyond what we could have expected and more. Um just everything you could want in a superstar athlete. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, probably the most swag of an that I've seen out of an Oilers player in so long. The fact that he said, the fact that he dropped the, you guys are fucking phenomenal. Uh, the Jim Matheson uh, back and forth. Why are you so pissy? Um, just everything that this guy exudes. He is a little lazy at times, but is absolutely dominant has some of the has some of the greatest hands some of the greatest um some of the greatest vision in the nhl just a complete monster i know that you didn't do this and i'm kind of doing this um so if, if yeah, you i would like, love the chance to justify mine but no oh, go ahead okay well you can you can justify yours I, I i was hoping that you were going to so you didn't say anything so i'm i'm, I'm gonna go right now um, i was screaming about jp go ahead sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> uh Taylor Hall obviously has a has a very soft spot in my heart. Uh, a guy I've had a couple of run-ins with uh, downtown Kingston, you know, a couple times, and just just such a dynamic player. The the first like, obviously, I've been an Oilers fan my entire life, but I feel like Taylor Hall was the first like star for me. Besides like Chris Pronger, was like this guy felt like a homegrown star. Um, Ryan Smith was great, but but Ryan Smith didn't reach the levels of of stardom that Taylor Hall did, and the level of skill that Taylor Hall did, and everything about yeah. what he brought. Uh, it just it, well, come on, R- R- Ryan Smith's career high in points is like seventy five. Like, Captain Canada, baby. Yeah, cool. Um, but. There's just something about what 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 Taylor Hall symbolized um, 
yeah, he, he got a bad rep for maybe having a little bit of attitude issues, maybe going out a little too much. But you know what? This guy is going to score some really big playoff goals for the Bruins, I think. And uh, hopefully one day comes back to the Oilers and scores a big uh, big cup-winning goal. And finally, Oscar Clefbaum. Um, and I'm not trying to have recent... I'm not trying to have confirmation bias or recency bias, but... Um, Matthias Ekholm has a really, really, really big opportunity because Oscar Clefbaum, since Chris Pronger, it has been easily the best defenseman that, uh, at least in my opinion, that the Oilers have had since since Pronger. So, um, a guy I really love, really cherish, and really, really, really miss. Um, just a hell of a hell of a player. Guys only want one thing, and it's fucking disgusting. And it's just Oscar Clefbaum be healthy and come back. And he's hot as shit. He's so hot. <laughs> he is. A, he is. He is a good looking guy. There's one I missed. I forgot about this because I was thinking. I'm like somebody else submitted a list and it had a really good one on it. And it was Pastor Dave. I forgot. Uh, I forgot to put his in here. And I can't remember. I can. I can assume that it was a combination of McDavid and Gretzky. I can't remember his third, but he had a great fourth. He had Joey Moss. Hell yeah, man! That rules for, for Rushmore. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a good Oilers fan pick right there. Yeah, and I, and hell, if we're if we're if we're if we're being recent too, like you know, shout out to Ben Stelter in there as well. I mean, I don't think people can. I know that it was. It felt like it was something that didn't last very long, but the impact that Ben has had on the team and on the community and the fan base is incredible and it's very similar to what Joey Moss had to offer to this team. And so just um yeah, man, I, it's it's it sucks we've lost them both. I've got a little bit of a theory piggybacking what? off of the off of the Ben story because that's about a year ago, right? Yeah. And if you remember well and we've been saying it all year like, oh Connor looks a lot more like relaxed, looks a lot more normal when he's he's got more charismatic. I think that, that was a little bit of a like a lesson before like a wake up call. A wake up call, yeah. Because yep. like don't take life so serious when you see a little kid who's got cancer and he's out skating, having the time of his life, like doing all the little media stuff with Connor and Leon and just, you know, being a light for them. I think that that was a little bit of a wake up call for Connor. Like, Hey, it's not all serious all the time. Like you can see the direct impact you have in a person's life. So, you know, don't, don't be so serious. Have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Joking around, see, smell the flowers. And I think that that's part of why McDavid's been the way that he has this year. Um, and that's for the better, man. So great little yeah. dude makes me yeah. sad. I think, uh, there was a 32 thoughts interview with, uh, Jay Woodcroft and they, um, they had actually touched upon Connor's development as a leader and as a captain in the NHL. And he had mentioned, he's like, I think that he's taken a massive step this year just from how stoic he is as a leader, how, how willing he is to talk to other guys on the team, how, how willing he is to mention stuff to the coaching staff. We just, I think you're right. I think that there is a certain level of, you know, like, this means something and it, it shows how much we as players mean to this fan base. So good call, man. Good call. Good goats list from, from people. Few, few jokes, few laughs, few names that we haven't really talked about on the show. Uh, a lot of guys that are held in, in very high regard in their, their own fan bases. So um, that was fun. It was cool to see what people think about their team. I got one from a uh, friend of the show, Baconator Lane. Good dude. Um, he's not a hockey guy. He's a basketball guy. He gave us thunder for his he's like OKC his... thunder guy. Okay. Yeah. I asked him to actually did you say, did you say Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, uh, 
Shea Gilgis Alexander and Stephen Adams. I think he no, he had the he had a he had a one in tongue and cheek. It was like the Paul George trade or something. Did they have Paul George Chris Paul trade? I don't know. Uh, yes, they they had both Chris Paul and Paul George. I'm gonna bring this up. Chris Paul had his resurgence season with them. Russ, KD, Nick Collison. Oh no! And uh, oh yeah, I guess he guy. was a. I guess he was a. I guess he was a lifer. Uh, I guess he was a lifer Thunder. So I guess that makes only sense. guy in OKC with his jersey retired. Yeah, that is true. Good call. So, shouts out. Russell have his jersey retired. Russ should have been Russ. Next week's agenda. Next week's agenda. Nerland tonight. They're playing the Kings. Currently, they got Anaheim on April first. They are in LA April fourth, and they they are in Anaheim April fifth. So they got a couple of back to backs coming up uh, against. And, and then, if you want to go a little bit deeper, I know this is this is not standard practice for us. But after that, they've got the Ducks, the Sharks, the Avs. So tick tock goes the first place clock. A couple of uh, tests and a couple easy ones in there. So hopefully they can finish off the year strong and, and see themselves at the top of the Pacific standing. Let's look at what is immediately ahead of us. Kings, Ducks, Kings, Ducks over those four games. Nerland, what do you think they're going to do? I'm going to go three and one just to be on the safe side. Smells like a four and oh to me. Ooh, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling optimistic. Uh, we are currently 150 left in the first. Shots are 10 to 9 LA, but pretty close back and forth. Chances on both ends. Um, I do like LA's defensive structure so far. They seem to be clogging the lanes. And uh, every time it seems like Connor and Nuge could be streaking in on a 2 on 1, there's always, uh, there's always an extra player back there. So, um, going to be a tough matchup. I've honestly, of all teams that I think I'm scared most to play, in the West, LA. it's LA and Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Colorado, if they, they're, I'm assuming they're probably going to get Landeskog back. Um, that's that's a that's a pretty scary matchup just just based off of their pure speed. Like, when's they, Mark Stone back? I don't know, man. But I'm not um I'm not too worried about Vegas to be completely honest. I'm knock on million pieces of wood, but um, I think that there's. I think when you have that many guys that you lose for that period of time, I think that there's a bit of rust that builds up, and I just don't know how logistically possible that is to come back from. Like, Mark Stone plays a hard, hard, hard game and logs hard miles. I don't think you can Kucherov this guy because Kucherov is like, he's like a little silky smooth player, you know? He can kind of get away with being able to take all that time Whoa. off and and come in without skipping a beat. Whereas Mark Stone is like a s- kind of slow plotting player that yes, he does rely on, 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 on his smarts, but he plays a hard, heavy game. So um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely certain, but I'm it's, not. It's uh, the uncertain. It's the uncertainty with Vegas. that scares me because if those guys click, it's, it's they're scary. Good. Yeah, they're it's, good. It's yeah. Pretty terrifying. But yeah, no L- LA just with their, with their, with their, with their stingy D play. And, uh, and uh, Colorado just, I mean, Colorado speed is just fucking terrifying. Oh, there it is. Evander, Evander Kane scored one nothing. Let's go. So close to 20. Yeah. Lord, it's been fun. It's been a two-day ordeal, but we made it out the other side. We managed to wrap up season three, episode 20 of the One for One podcast. Lots of hot takes, lots of hot listeners. Thank you for being a friend. And as always, go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go. Oilers, go.